0: It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Giselitis.
1: Oh yes, and what was that beginning, middle, and end part again?
0: Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All
1: right, sounds good. Let's do this.
2: Have 4 o'clock, full hour talking Boilermaker Basketball. We got high school football. Harrison hosting Plainfield starting at 7 o'clock tonight. And then we will send you out uh, after that game for the rest of Game 1 of the World Series. A busy, busy Friday. I do want to get started off real quick with... If you've been on social media, I'm pretty sure you're aware of it because uh, we've been... Talking about this maybe like two and a half hours or so on there. But just a great feeling here. And this is the headline from WLFI. Arrest made impossible connection to Delphi double homicide investigation. There's a press conference scheduled for Monday. Somebody has been booked into the Carroll County Jail, allegedly. Um, And yeah, we, we might get some answers in the 2017 deaths of Abby and Libby and just a, a tremendous feeling to, uh, to hear that, uh, something that was just, man, it just rocked our community, didn't it? And to maybe see this coming to a conclusion and figuring out what happened, um, just absolutely, um, it, that I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy the families. I'm just, I'm so happy with the families and the community for that. Uh, it's, like I said, it is a heck of a Friday so far here. <laughs> so much stuff going on, and then got that news after lunch today. It's, uh, there's a lot of good vibes going on here right now. I feel it. I feel it going on here. Let's go ahead and get started with a little Need to Know news. Here's your Need to Know news. All right, we do have a Colts injury report here and uh, some names that are going to be okay, some names that are not going to be okay. Basically, everybody that showed up on the injury report this week is going to be good to go, except Matt Ryan, which we pretty much already knew because, well, he was hurt, but then they also benched him. They benched a hurt guy, whatever. Uh, Quiddy Pays, the other one that stands out, and you're like, oh, does not help. Now, Shaquille Leonard is going to be playing, but Frank Reich said he will be on a pitch count he was listed this week with a back injury, which is weird because he started out, he had the back issue, he had the surgery, he worked his way back, it seemed like it took forever, they finally let him back to play, got a concussion, had to sit back out, was out again last week, held out because Frank Wright said you have to protect the player from the player, and then he shows up on the injury report this week with a back issue. I um, again. Like that tweet said, he should change his name back to uh, Darius. Seems like Darius played football. Would like the guy to be healthy and good to go. Just You hate to see that kind of stuff happen to great players. Bears injury report doesn't have anybody um, that, yeah, it's pretty darn clean. There's three names on there, and they're uh, guys that are, well, one's already on IR, Lucas Patrick. And... That's basically about it. Everybody's good. Uh, Zach Eady, congratulations, my man. He is on the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar watch list. That is the nation's top center. So the big man ended up on some big lists here. Good for him. Uh, Tonight's action, we didn't really have much last night, did we? It was kind of an off night. You watched a little bit of Brady versus the Ravens. And I went to bed at halftime. I was good with that. You did have the Blackhawks in action. Oh, my goodness. Those guys I thought were going to beat the Oilers last time. I was kicking myself for not taking that 2-1 uh, to one on the uh, money line before the game. Oh, I should have at least taken the puck line would have covered. 6-5 the final uh, against the Oilers. They dug themselves out of 1-0 hole and took a 2-1 lead. Oilers tied it up. Connor McDavid, Jonathan Taves then scored in the second period to make it three to two. Connor McDavid again. Max Domi at the end of the second period made it four to three. And then they got themselves down five to four. Patrick Kane tied it up with about three, a little over three minutes left to go, and Leon Drysade will put one home at 19:22. Oh, so close to getting a point there. Blackhawks not off to a bad start. I'll give them that. They sit in third in the central with eight points. Uh, they're three behind Dallas from the rig. Colorado is in front of them as well. Teams behind it. Winnipeg's been meh. Minnesota was off to a disastrous start, and they're finally kicking it in. There's Nashville and St. Louis. Eh. And Arizona. <laughs> Dude, you've gotta see this visitor locker room they have set up. Remember, they're playing on Arizona uh University's campus. It's ASU's campus, sorry. And they have like a makeshift locker room. It's the most comical thing I've ever seen for a professional team, and it's just it's so sad right now what's going on in Arizona. Uh, but the Blackhawks, they're still five goals and still lost, man. Ugh. That is a tough. That's a tough, tough one to lose right there. All right, tonight we do have Purdue Volleyball taking on Northwestern, 9 p.m. That game is on BTN tonight. Pacers are a five-point dog in D.C. taking on the Wizards. Bulls a five-point favorites on the road in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. We do have sectional semifinal football tonight. Central Catholic will host Lewis Cass. McCutcheon at Decatur Central. Westside, Calumet. Jeff is hosting Lake Central. And our featured game tonight... It's Harrison hosting Plainfield. You'll hear coverage of that starting at 7 and a kickoff at 7.30. That's the need to know news. All right, let's shift on over to our best bets. Last night, are we hot on hockey? Are we hot on hockey? I know it's not everybody's favorite sport, but at the same time, have you been playing these shots on goal things that I've been telling you about? You've been doing pretty darn good the last two weeks, haven't you? And we hit it again last night. Jake uh, Batherson did it after two periods. And we were paying out uh, almost even money on that. It was like minus 105. We've been crushing it. We're going to do it tonight, okay? I don't want to touch these college football games. I don't like either one of them. The World Series is happening tonight. Baseball has not treated me well. Uh, Maybe about like a month after the All-Star break. I hate both these teams. I hate Philadelphia. I hate the Cheaters. The Houston Astros always will. But it's it's super hard to get into. Verlander starting tonight for the Astros, and you'd be like, all right, cool, Verlander, right? 0 for 6 in 7 career World Series starts with a 5.68 ERA and 9 home runs allowed. You want to back that tonight at home? I don't. That's scary tonight. So I'm just, look, I'm, I'm going to stick with what we know here. I'll stick to what we know. Um, Okay, let me get out of, uh, I'll tell you what. There's two basketball games going on tonight, right? You got the Pacers. They're going to go to uh, Washington. I, I don't like the Pacers to cover that one. The defense is horrendous right now. I mean they just they have the one win at home against the Pistons and that is that is it. Their average margin of defeat in their losses is more than 10. I'll go ahead and take DC tonight. Bulls, Spurs I mean you got to ride with the Bulls right now. They look hot right now. I'll go ahead and take them to cover the five on the road. I'm okay. I'll do that. I'll take both road teams. Let's be safe. Let's take a look at what I dug up for hockey today. Riley Smith, over two and a half shots on goal versus Anaheim tonight. Smith averages uh, 3.35 shots on goal per game. The Ducks give up the most shots in the league. That would seem to be pretty darn nice. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Over two and a half shots on goal versus Arizona. He averages three shots per game. So we're in good territory there. Arizona also terrible at giving up shots on goal. They're the worst team in the league. Here's the problem with both these two, okay? Let me give you the little caveat with that. They're both good odds because while Arizona and uh, Anaheim both give up a ton of shots, Arizona, there's one position that Arizona does not give up a ton of shots to the uh, the wings. Uh, They they give up. I'm sorry, they give up a ton of shots to the wings. They don't give up shots to the center, and that's the and that's the boy there. That's hard. Ducks, same thing. Ton of shots in every position except for one right wing. That's exactly where Riley Smith plays. I like these because these are low thresholds. For two players that average over that amount anyway. And we're talking about two teams that traditionally give up shots on goal, just not at those specific positions. I'm in on those two, but not for a whole lot. So I got to come up with something a little bit better. And I'm going to throw this one out to you. We're going to go with Jack Eichel of the Las Vegas Knights. Over three and a half shots on goal. That is even. I like the two and a half shot kind of guys. Okay. Now we're getting up there a little bit, and Eichel's a little—he's uh, a little inconsistent. But it is his birthday, and the Ducks give up a league worst thirteen point two nine shots on goal per game to centers. Lines up with everything we like, and even money. I'm going with Jack Eichel. That's my—that's my play tonight. The Pierre Luc Dubois and the uh, Riley Smith. Two and a half overs, I'm going to go ahead and just parlay, and I'm just going to call that a mild little lotto that's going to get me uh, close to three to one. I'll parlay those two. But the official, the big one, I'll take Eichel tonight. Over three and a half shots on goal. That is even. Again, it's his birthday. Ducks give up a league high to centers. Let's see if we can make it four out of five for the second week in a row. I, I would love to give out more detail like NBA and stuff like that. I'm just... I need a little bit more data to feel better on this at the beginning of the season. I haven't had it all exactly dialed in yet. And the goal, we want to win, right? Isn't that the goal? So there you go. Jack Eichel, over three and a half shots on goal, even money. That's my official play for tonight. All right, we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. He's going to join us next. Stick around for him on the Hammerdown Show on 1017. The Hammer and one hundred one. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Hammerdown Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7 TheHammer.com. We're going to go over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring in Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. Mr. High School Sports is on with us here. Sam, uh, always a pleasure to talk to you on Friday. It's going to be a gorgeous night for some high school football. And uh, all five area teams still chasing the dream tonight, huh? Yeah, it's uh, well, three of them didn't have a game last week so am i right the- i'm right though all five are playing right that's correct okay all right that's all we're not gonna give you the Cal Charter's treatment on that one sorry buddy but go ahead
1: yeah well i'm just saying uh it's kind of nice for those programs that got a week to um refresh regenerate um you know i think each of those three coaches treated the bye week differently um but the main thing was they were like hey we need to maybe step back a little bit and let these kids uh you know heal up or you know after playing 9 games in a row you're going to be beat up even if if you um consider it healthy you're still going to have bruises and just typical wear and tear on your body from playing a physical game for that long so um all these teams should be pretty refreshed going into tonight uh the difference is um all of their opponents are too and then you get a case like Central Catholic where you have an opponent that didn't play last week that you did so I'm interested to see kind of how that that all pans out.
2: Yeah, because not everybody knows how to handle these. I, I think byways weeks um, that that was one of the things we, we'll talk about. McCutcheon here and, and Coach Strasser, uh, he, he he's got a pretty uh, pretty long history of coaching high school football, but this is the first time that he's ever had to deal with a, a bye week. Uh, Cause he didn't have to do that at Delphi. He didn't have to do that when he was uh, assistant over there at uh, West Lafayette. But now all of a sudden he's had to deal with it, and he sounded like uh, what he wanted to do was just kind of—he gave the guys a couple of days off to just uh, be them and, and kind of recharge their batteries on their uh, on their own time. And uh, talking with him this week, he seemed to be pretty happy with the results that uh, that yielded.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, fall break falls during this time too, so. There's a couple days there where you don't even have a school, and it's probably just nice to let those kids, you know, you don't have school today. Don't worry about coming to practice or whatever. If you want to go do some training or workouts on your own time, that's fine. Um, But I think kids appreciate that, especially when it it is a grind, you know, going through high school football. By the time you play, you know, nowadays you can do spring practices, but those kids are all going to weight sessions and conditioning throughout the summer, and then you're playing – three months straight um, with a game every Friday. And I think that, you know, just maybe having a couple of days off, you come back kind of with a renewed passion for this. So, um, you know, I I'm think that, uh, you know, that, that was a good call on his part, probably especially where that program is right now. You've won two games in a row. Uh, you're feeling very confident in, in what you've done this season now. And you go into a game where the kids are like, hey, you know, we, we had those days off. Now we'd like to get back to where we know we have a Monday through Friday situation and then Saturday morning, whatever the program does. So uh, I think that's kind of the motivation that he tried to set forth was, you know, this is what it's like um, getting to be out here every single day now that you, just, you weren't out here, you know, maybe typically like you had been the past nine weeks. And um, now can we play or have five more practices next week?
2: I'll tell you this, yeah, that's huge for McCutcheon. If they can get that win here tonight to get another week of practice, uh, would be absolutely huge for them going forward. Can they beat Decatur Central tonight, Sam?
1: I, you know, Decatur Central is three and six, just like McCutcheon. And if you look at the statistics, it's crazy how similar they are in terms of you know the points per game that they score, uh, the number of passing yards for the two quarterbacks is almost identical, um, receiving wise. Very similar with the, the top receiver and running backs and things like that. So I think going on the road is a, a tough task. And Decatur Central is a team that, when you look at their schedule, yeah, they're three and six, but uh, they also have um, played some games that were very close. They lost to Plainfield in overtime. They lost to Perry Meridian by one point. Uh, you know, their last game they lost by Franklin, which is a very good team, by a touchdown. Um, I think they lost by one point to to Mooresville or something like that. So, those are four games right there that uh, could have been wins that were losses. And I know you could do the could have, would have, should have type situation, and you could probably do it with McCutcheon as well against Logansport. But um, I just think Decatur Central's played some better teams here recently and been more competitive. Um, whereas, you know, the scores have kind of become lopsided in the second half when McCutcheon played some of those similar types of teams.
2: We're talking with Sam King of the Journal of Courier here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, let's talk about Jeff Lake Central. I mean, this is like a yearly thing now. This is the third year in a row they'll open up sectionals against Lake Central. They uh, have outscored them uh, quite mightily over the last two seasons. Uh, do you think the same thing probably happens again tonight?
1: Um, no. I think Jeff wins, but I think this is a much better Lake Central football team than the last two years. Uh, got some athletes. Uh, It'll close the gap, but you're closing the gap from what was 54-7 to seven last year. And that is, a you know, a tall task to ask them to close the gap entirely to where they're on the winning side. And I don't think that even though, um, you know, Lafayette Jeff maybe doesn't have some of the talent that it had, especially two years ago when they played, um, it still is the more talented team. And uh, the Broncos just seem really kind of very determined right now to win a sectional because I feel like, every year that that's been the storyline is like, is this the Jeff team that's going to break through and win a sectional, which it's amazing how rare it is for Lafayette Jeff to win a football sectional when you consider all of these great regular seasons that they've had. And it's been 20 years. So um I know that people probably look at it right now and say crown point is the favorite to win that sectional. But when I was at practice Monday, the kids that I talked to said, we don't even, in our minds right now, we're not even playing crown point next week. We are playing Lake Central, and if we win and Crown Point wins, then we can talk about Crown Point. So uh, very focused on what the task at hand is, and I think that um, being at home is a huge deal as well. And I think Lafayette Jeff probably gets out of here, you know, with, with a couple-score victory at least.
2: I think we got an interesting one here over at La Rocca Field with uh, the Cass Kings and the Central Catholic Knights. Uh, that's still a very talented Knights team, Cass. Yeah, had a lot of early season success Sam uh they looked good but uh, a lot of those teams didn't really pan out uh that they had the victories over and then when they did play the teams that were pretty darn good the west sides and the westerns and things like that uh not so much didn't didn't work out as well for them um but at the same time the, the teams that Cass lost to are the same ones that central catholic lost to so uh, h- how do you see this one playing out tonight
1: well what I, uh, you know, not that the scores translate uh, w- because every game is different, but Cass played Hamilton Heights uh, to, you know, almost a basic draw. I think lost by seven in week eight. And I think had Cass won that game, we would have had Cass playing Central Catholic twice in three weeks. Um, instead, we got Hamilton Heights against Cass, and that Hoosier Conference crossover last week and uh, or two weeks ago, we all know how, that went. Uh, it did not go well for Central Catholic. Um, and it was kind of just Heights running game that, uh, imposed its will against CC. Uh, Cass has the same capabilities to just run the ball down your throat three, four, five yards at a time and grind out seven, eight, nine minute drives. And if, if they have success doing that, Central Catholic is in trouble. Um, but it, I don't think that Cass is going to be able to defend Central Catholic, which is ultimately. Well, i think the knights will advance and then we'll be talking about probably a huge matchup next week with rochester and central catholics so um i like the knights in this one just because i think that uh Cavs will probably have some success but won't be able to score enough points to beat cc
2: west side's out at calumet so they will uh travel north to take on a calumet team that was undefeated until they ran into hanover central a couple of weeks ago and got absolute uh, absolute wallop but outside of that uh they Played pretty darn pristine defense until the last couple of weeks here. I think West Lafayette is just uh, too much for that Calumet team, um, but it's not exactly a pushover team either, is it?
1: No, I mean, you look at the records and you have a 10-0 and team traveling to play a 9-1 and team. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at Calumet being 9-1, and you're going to tell you, well, that's a really good team. But I think that, you know, they've had a generous schedule, and I think that you can point to that Hanover Central game that they lost, um, as proof of that, they lost 42-0. to And then last week, playing Boone Grove, which was, I think, a three-win team and a game that people think Calumet's going to walk all over them, um, you know, Calumet needed a, a drive in the final minute to score the winning touchdown in that game to survive, or, or we'd be talking about Boone Grove and West Lafayette playing this week. So um the big deal is they were in a situation that we have to go down the field and score to win the game, and and they were able to do that. So you put some stock into having been in that kind of a situation, but I don't think that Calumet's going to be in that type of a situation tonight because West Lafayette looks just really, really impressive right now. And I think, um, you know, you get the, the Kitchell twin back, who's been out for a few weeks with a, you know, shoulder-arm situation. Um, he's been practicing. I assume he'll play. I would think West Lafayette now starts to kind of – Get to a situation where, you know, some of our best athletes are going to have to play. If they're a defensive guy, they're going to have to play some offense. If they're an offensive guy, they might have to help us out on defense because, you know, you get to this point of the season and you throw out all the stops. So, uh, I, I just think West Lafayette probably. Uh, Walks away with a decisive victory in this one, despite the fact that they are on the road against the nine-in-one team.
2: And then, Sam, our uh, final matchup is our feature one tonight here on 101.7 The Hammer. Harrison hosting Plainfield, a team they beat back in week two. What I remember the most about that game is how it started out. Uh, Plainfield got the ball up to about midfield, went forward on fourth down, in uh, like two or so, uh, Harrison stopped them uh, and then went and marched that ball back down the field and uh, scored the scored the football. Uh, Plainfield tried to come out there and punch him in the mouth in their own house, and they were having none of it. Uh, I think this Harrison team is much improved from that team from Week 2, but at the same time uh, Plainfield very battle-tested in that mid-state conference here. Uh, this is going to be a real tough one tonight for Harrison, but I still like their chances.
1: Yeah, and I like their chances because uh, you think back to that Week 2 game, and it was the second game that Ben Henderson had played quarterback uh, or at least been the starting quarterback or, you know, an every-down quarterback, and the kid now versus then, uh, it's, it's, you know, couldn't be further apart from, you wouldn't even think it's the same player uh, with, you know, just the confidence and his ability to um, keep plays alive with his feet. Uh, I, I think that Harrison's defense did a great job, uh, especially early on in the season when they were trying to find their way offensively of keeping them in games, winning games for them. And then now you got to a point where the offense, you know, on par with the defense and Harrison's a scary team and, and could play three teams from the mid-state conference in a row. Um, if you, you know, if this tournament pans out like people think it will. Um, so this would be the first of those. Uh, but you got to get past the first one. And I think this is, it's going to be a tough game, but I think that Harrison probably, uh, is able to come away with a, a win, you know, probably do touchdowns. I think is what my prediction was. Uh, I just like the athletes that Harrison has. I like the offensive line that Harrison has. I think that that's, you know, probably the one thing that nobody talks about is how big and how physical and how good that offensive unit is up front. And that's, you know, they got a lot of yards on the ground and a lot of success, but uh, those guys probably deserve most of the credit for that. So uh, you talk about a very stout, very good defense, and then now you have an offense to match. Uh, that's going to be a tough out for any team in the postseason. So, you know, Harrison really is a team that can make a, a run here.
2: Sam King, Lafayette, Journal and Courier on with us here, giving us a breakdown of all five area teams in sectional semifinal action tonight. Make sure you follow him on uh, Twitter all night, and then, of course, all of his write-ups tomorrow in the paper will be fantastic. Hey, Sam, I always appreciate it, my man. Enjoy tonight's games.
1: All right, thanks very much. Thanks for having me on.
2: Thanks, buddy. All right, we're going to take a break. Hang tight. We're coming back. There is more of the Down Show next. 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7 The Hammer. Welcome back. This is the Hammerdown Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7 TheHammer.com. To our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, we shall go. And Coach Brian Ney of the Central Catholic Knights is on with us. Coach, always a pleasure to be talking football with you here, especially late in October and into November. Uh, another uh, nice win for you guys last week. Took care of business at home against Winnemac, 52-8. to um, It's survive in advance, so, I mean, every win's a good win at this point, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we'll we'll take we'll take all the all the all the wins we can get. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great time of year for sure.
2: Uh, it's nice too. You feel like you worked out uh, any uh, issues you might have had here. We we talked about this for the last couple of weeks. You were upset about the you know the heights loss. Uh, maybe didn't think your team was uh, as focused as it could be. And we said maybe that was an attention getter uh, at, right as you go into sectionals and. I would say fifty-two to eight. That was definitely a, an attention getter, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, how about uh, how about Coach Ewing in the in the special teams unit? I think, especially in high school football, maybe one of the most under you know underlooked, underappreciated aspects of the game. But when you when you when you put two scores in the end zone on your special teams unit, I think I think the focus and attention to detail definitely. Uh, at least for last week, got hammered out because, you know, if there, like I said, if there's a unit that might go, uh, unnoticed, unappreciated, um, to, 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 to put it together on a, on a kickoff return and a punt return, uh, you know, Coach Ewing does such a fantastic job. His attention to detail, uh, I think helped us, uh, kind of, you know, get, get back in line and, 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 to be able to, to be able to put two scores on the board with your special teams unit was huge. And, and yeah, that uh that attention to detail, that focus, uh you know, like I said, uh last week last week but uh we were able to we were able to, to kinda get that back and uh you know, get our attention back, uh can't say enough about Coach Ewing and, and what
2: he does for our special teams. Yeah, a tremendous player for the New York Knicks for so many years as well. We love Coach Ewing over there. We're talking with Coach, Brian. <laughs> talking with Coach Brian May here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. And this week, uh, you guys host the Lewis Cass Kings, a team that got a uh, bye, didn't have to play last week. Uh, you guys did. You guys are good. You're loose. You're ready to go. A lot of common opponents between you and the uh, Cass Kings here as well. So I feel like you guys should have a really good feel for them. Any time a Clayton Mannering team is uh, is on the schedule, uh, you know, at least at the very least, it's going to be a well coached Kings team, right?
0: Absolutely. The Mannering name is synonymous with uh, you know Indiana high school football and playing late into the year. So uh, I have nothing respect, nothing but respect for. Uh, for Coach Mannering and and uh, you know and, and what he and he and his family contribute to, to Indiana high school football, um, yeah. You say you talk about common opponents, and we've done the exact same uh, with with those common opponents. We've beat the same teams, we've lost to the same teams. Um, you know, if you can get yourself over to to the Rock tonight, because I think I think you're going to be in for a uh, for a
2: treat. What is it about the Kings, Coach? You look at them on tape and stuff. What do they do well? What are the problems they present you?
0: Well, they they I mean they're they're so well coached. Um, they play with uh, you know the, the, they play with the nastiness. Um, they're fast. They're physical. They fly around. They they tackle extremely well. They they play at a level that uh, if you don't match, you're going to get overwhelmed um offensively they don't they don't make mistakes. They possess the football. Um they play a clean brand of football and then like I said, defensively, man, they fly around, they tackle so well. Um you've gotta you've gotta be uh you gotta be close to perfect uh in your execution and and, and in your in your um in your focus. Um you gotta you better have your you better have a good game plan for these guys. Um you know where they're gonna make your life extremely, extremely difficult.
2: Well, we just let Coach Ewing have a a couple more uh, special teams touchdowns here tonight. I think he would be okay. Yeah, we'll take that every day of the week and twice (laughs)
0: on Sunday, my man.
2: (laughs) Coach Brian, again, they're hosting the Cass Kings here tonight uh, over at uh, LaRock Field in a sectional semifinal. That's going to be a great, great matchup against the 6-3 and three Kings. Uh, Coach, you know I always love talking football with you on uh, Fridays here, and uh, I, I hope we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Things go well here tonight. You guys pull out that W, and we can talk about a sectional championship game together next week. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan. Fight on. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. Uh, again, they're taking on uh, the Cass Kings here, and that's a that's a real interesting matchup. I mean, Cass was ranked, like, fifth at one point in, uh, in 2A, I believe, uh, until they ran into uh, some much... Uh, stiffer competition. And the odd thing here, like I said, is it's the same teams that Central Catholic lost to, uh, the, the, the Kings also lost to. So the three losses, I mean, they didn't play Garen, but you know, the West Lafayette and the Hamilton Heights, uh, same teams that, uh, Cass lost to was Hamilton Heights and West Lafayette. Um, but, uh, you know, CC didn't get a chance at Western this year. So, um. Yeah, it's, it seems pretty even here, but at the same time, it's Central Catholic. I know how tough uh, that team is. I know just how good their athletes are, and that's so hard for so many teams uh, to overcome, including Cass. And Baylor-Smith is just an absolute wrecking ball. You know, Evan Deanhart, so quick, no matter where you get him the ball. I mean, it's it, it just, it's weird. You look at the Sagarin, and the Sagarin's a big difference here. Uh, we're looking at uh, 55 versus 62, and yet the strength of schedule is, you know, Cass actually technically had the stronger strength of schedule. I think those weak teams, though, that they did beat were just weak enough, though, to make a in, in a big difference here. Rochester's going to win the other side over Benton Central, most likely. I mean, I'm always I'm pulling for Benton Central. Don't get me wrong. I still think that's a great story. I love that Coach Stanford has got uh, them up to four and six here. I, I want to see that program succeed and get better. And when's the last time that they won four games in a season? I have to go back to 2012 when they won when they were 5-7, and seven, made it to the sectional championship, and lost to Tipton. I mean, that would be absolutely huge if they could get another win here tonight. I just They're probably overmatched against the Zebras a bit too much. I still love Central Catholic. I still think they're the team to beat. Um, if they can get through Cassier tonight with uh, some confidence, that'll set up a, a great matchup for them against Rochester next week who has not uh, played too many tough teams, but uh, definitely has a great record. Uh, this is an interesting sectional 34, um, and uh, CC has got its word cut out for them this week. And if they can win next week as well uh, against, like I said, a, a, a tough Rochester team that uh, has been on a heater over the last month or so. We're going to go and take our final break. When we come back, the things we missed and more next here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and what a Back on the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7TheHammer.com. Coming up at the top of the hour, Jeff Julek will slide in here with me and we'll do the Boiler Basketball Show. The first one here, you know, we have our first exhibition game on Wednesday against Truman State. And then this is, uh, I mean, it's crazy. We're already starting. Illinois starts tonight. They got an exhibition this evening. So, I mean, it's, we're here, people. We're here. It's basketball season. Very, very excited for that. All right, let's get into today's things that we may have missed. Uh, There is a new call yet again. This time it's coming from Cooper Cup. Uh, As more and more players are starting to sound off in the NFL about this, uh, a return to all grass surfaces for all the stadiums. So Cooper's out here talking again. The Chargers out there in L.A. just had two of their players hurt on their own field, non-contact. Uh, last week. And that's scary. Apparently, these are the numbers. twenty uh, On artificial turf, 28% more non-contact lower body injuries, 32% more non-contact knee injuries, 69% more non-contact football and ankle injuries occur on turf. 90% of NFL players believe artificial turf will shorten their careers. Is it cheaper? Yes. Is it easier to maintain for a lot of these places? Absolutely. Are there problems with grass and trying to reseed that turf and and, and make things work? Yeah. Yeah, plenty of places have that issue. Look at what Soldier Field. So I, I mean, I guess I can understand it. And uh, some of these domes aren't exactly equipped to be growing grass in them. But on the other side, for as much as you would think that owners are just being cheap, think about some of the money that they put into these players. Think about the money you put into Patrick Mahomes. And for him to have a knee injury and to lose him for a year, and, you know, that's a lot of money that you're losing on investment. You can't tell me that if you lost Patrick Mahomes to an ACL for the year, In Kansas City, you can't turn around and say it would have been cheaper to play on grass and have the whole staff put that together than it would to lose all that money on Patrick Mahomes. Because not only are you losing the money that you're paying that guy, but you're also, think about this, you're, you're losing fans. Because they have less interest in a team that they don't believe maybe can't win with a backup quarterback. I mean, it just snowballs. I'm, I'm kind of surprised more teams haven't come to their senses with that, looked at this data, and decided that they need to do everything they can to go back to it. It just it seems like the right thing to do. It seems like a better investment. That's just me. Speaking of football players, my goodness, how about this viral video? Justin Tucker taking a shot at Russell Wilson talking about high knees on the plane ride home last night. Russ, you know the Jaguars are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite with him starting against them in that early Sunday game? I don't think anybody in Denver wants him to be there. I honestly don't know that any of the players want him to be there. I don't know that I could bet on Denver the rest of the season. I just... I definitely have to take an under. Definitely taking team unders. They're terrible. They're terrible. And also, as these uh, Thursday night broadcasts continue to get, you know, the Monday night Manning cast is getting very, very popular now. Uh, Amazon wants to take advantage of that as well. So they are going to have a uh, a LeBron cast with his uh, The Shop stream. You know, he's got the HBO show The Shop. Well, now he's going to be doing Thursday night football on the alternate stream that you can watch, and I don't know. I don't care. Look, it's one thing when, like, teams are on a bye week, and they go on Monday night with the Manning cast, and players do that. I'm okay with that. The Lakers are terrible right now. And what a game. LeBron's out here worrying about doing football commentary? If I'm a Lakers fan, I'm ticked off about this. It just looks like the guy has one foot out the door at this point, doesn't it? I don't know. I'm not watching this. I don't care about this. I don't like the alternate bro I don't watch the banning cast either. I just, I don't, it doesn't do anything for me. And it shrinks the screen down a bunch. What's the point in paying for this ginormous TV if you guys are going to take up uh, 40% of it? Just, I just hate it. It's not for me. But if it's for you, go ahead, enjoy that. I just think it's a bad look when you are getting... Whooped, and now you're doing this in season. Looks like you just care more about other things. That'll do it for the Hammer Down show here. We'll get you posted up on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of that stuff. And uh, you can go back and re listen to this anytime. Boiler Basketball Show's coming up next. Friday Night Football starts at 7 o'clock here on 101.